I am your host, Brandon. Today we're talking about The Haunted Mansion, starring Eddie Murphy, Terrence Stamp, Nathaniel Parker, Marsha Thompson, uh, Thomason, sorry, Jennifer Tilly, and Wallace Shawn, directed by Rob Minkoff. I am your host, Ryan. I am Brendan. I am Matthew. And I'm Logan. And uh, today we are... We have returned for one of the goofiest movies we've ever reviewed. Not um, extremely goofy movie. Extremely goofy movie, but not the goofy movie, um, as as we like to say. Um, but yeah, so this is the fourth week of our over or underrated picks, and we finally got a underrated pick by Brendan. So Brendan, why did you pick The Haunted Mansion for us to watch? Um, why? So I, I picked this movie because I... Um, Number one, wanted to torment you. And number two, uh, I saw this movie as a really, really young kid, which we'll talk about later, but I love the Disney ride. I love the Haunted Mansion. It is my favorite Disney ride in the entire world. Um, And Pirates of the Caribbean obviously came out before this. um, And so Disney was trying to expand on this whole, like, you know, ride movie universe. Um, And so they made Pirates of the Caribbean, which is arguably, like, one of the coolest, like, and like iconic original stories of all time. Um, And then they also made this movie, The Haunted Mansion, which is like a step up from a DCOM, you know? (laughs) Um, It's like a DCOM with more funding. Um, Yeah. It yeah. feels like it's a direct TV, uh, direct-to-DVD movie, doesn't oh, it? Oh, yeah, it, it 100% But it has a $60 does. million dollar budget somehow. Yeah, like, what the fuck? That, like, and why didn't they just film it, like, in the Haunted Mansion in the park? What? Um, anyway. Uh, yeah, so I, I saw this movie when I was really young, and I, I, I am aware, I just want to preface this, I am aware that this is a garbage, terrible, awful movie, um, but at the same time, I love to turn my brain off and watch this movie, because I think that if you go full smooth brain mode with this, it just becomes the most entertaining movie, because it's so stupid, and I love it so much. Yeah, uh, guys, you want to give a give the listeners your backgrounds yeah i had never heard of this movie before i I, you never heard of it no i i've like i've never been to disney i don't know any of these rides that brendan always talks about i'm like very out of the loop on on disney things so this was completely new to me um the director rob minkoff i had seen a bunch of his movies I'd seen Stuart little i love that movie and also i just i just saw he directed he directed the forbidden kingdom um, which is just this absolutely terrible, uh, like karate film <laughs> with, God. uh, Jet Li and Jackie Chan. Yeah. It's absolutely so goofy. Um, so I'm a fan of his other films, but I really didn't know about this one and I was shocked and surprised. Yeah. I film. truly had no idea what to expect coming into this one. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've been on the ride, uh, at Disney world a bunch of times, I've never been uh, to uh, Disneyland in California. It's something I've always wanted to do. Never quite made it out there. Never gone to any of the, like, international Disney parks. Um, just because, like, when you're out of the country, I feel like the first thing that you you say isn't, like, hey, I want to go to Disneyland Paris. You're like, That's maybe right. I want to do some other cool things in France instead. What are um, you talking about? But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's top priority. Well, since my number one priority is going to Disneyland Paris. um but yeah no i'm familiar with the uh with the florida ride and yeah you know it's it's one of my favorites um i yeah truly though i nothing could have prepared me for this (laughs) yeah there is nothing that can prepare you for this um i saw this movie when i was a kid i think probably multiple times 
Um, haven't seen it since. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad that I had a Disney Plus subscription so that I didn't have to pay specifically to watch this movie. Are you kidding me? I paid yeah. to watch this movie. It's on um, Disney Plus? Yeah, it's, it's on, on Disney Dude, Plus. it's a Disney movie. What do you expect? <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Oh, I did not connect Wait, those two dots. Well, do you have Disney Plus? Um, no, but I have your login. That's true. You had my login. I could have given you my login. But yeah, I thought I thought you literally had Disney Plus. It was like, well, can't see a Disney movie on Disney Plus. Two ninety nine from Amazon down the drain. Yeah, that was right oh. down the drain. Dear God, you're oh, welcome, man. Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Jeff Bezos is like making that haunted mansion money. Spooky uh, Bezos. It's definitely at the top of his brain right now. Oh yeah, be like, ah, I got that kid to spend four bucks on haunted mansion. Nice. <laughs> I probably only get $2 out of that $4 rental. The rest probably goes to Disney. Probably. Um, but yeah, no, I saw this when I was a kid. I had very specific memories, like very specific images memories. You know how that works when you're a kid in terms of like movies. Like you'll remember like a very specific image from a movie and not much about the plot. I mean, I remember the basics like, oh yeah, Eddie Murphy goes to a haunted mansion and there's a weird yep, thing a- with a ghost and a wife uh, and his wife and like some possession thing. And uh, other than that, I didn't really remember much from the uh, the plot of the movie. Yeah, it's um, like it's of... like you just remember images, not fully crafted scenes. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah interesting. Um, I was talking about movies, Matt, not whole life experiences. <laughs> Don't you dare bring that into this, Matt. Oh my Go god! Go listen to our last two episodes. Yeah, um, the last two, plus three. But plus no, yeah, I didn't. Episodes. I didn't remember much in terms oh, yeah, of the right. plot of this movie, but. Um, yeah, I think I feel like actually now that I'm thinking about it, I remembered the wife thing pretty well, but I didn't remember the twist and turns with like the zombies and shit. Um, yeah, we might as well get into the plot summary so we can talk about the mansion. Oh, words man. I thought, I, words I bet you thought you'd never say on this podcast. I really didn't think we would ever review this movie. You're welcome. Realtor, realtor workaholic Jim Evers and his wife and business partner Sarah get a call late one night from mansion owner Edward Gracie, who was looking to sell his property. Smelling the biggest deal of their career, Sarah and their two children pay a visit. Uh, Jim, Sarah, and their two children pay a visit to the mansion located on a remote bayou. A torrential thunderstorm of mysterious origin strands the Evers family in the old mansion with the brooding eccentric Gracie and his mysterious butler Ramsley, and a variety of other residents who's, who are who both are seen and unseen. At first, Jim scoffs at the Gracie's story about the ghosts and hauntings until he unearths the mystery of the mansion and finds that his wife Sarah has been unex- has unexpected connections to its haunted past. That's via Anthony Pere- uh, Pere- Pereira, I can't talk tonight, from imdb wow so that is the basic plot summary that i always trip over my own words no matter how short uh from imdb so uh yeah we know brendan's initial thoughts so let's go to matt and logan thoughts on the 60 million dollar haunted mansion yeah i didn't realize it was 60 million dollars that's a lot of money um i gotta be honest (laughs) i don't really remember much from this movie and this this isn't yeah. a you know I, I'm not pulling to Brendan here. I watched the film. I did indeed watch the movie, <laughs> but I I remember them driving to the house. I remember a creepy butler man, and I you know it's just kind of all images from there on out, little instances. It's just gone. It's just In one it's ear all out kind the of other. I kind of to zoned out. I think I don't really understand. So you know. Um, it was fine, I guess. I I didn't. I was expecting something so egregious, egregiously bad that like I was gonna like, 
laugh out loud and be like, oh my god, like, how did this get made? It wasn't, like, that bad, but I can't say I laughed more than three times when the movie wanted me to laugh. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Distinction. It, it, yeah, it Fair. is an important distinction because I, honestly, like, Brendan, I think this is the perfect pick uh, for this for this week. Like, I know in, I know in, you know, every fiber of my being is saying that this is a horrible movie, but like, I liked it, honestly. Yeah. And I, like, when oh, I log God. it on Letterboxd, it'll be like, I don't know, it'll be like one and a half stars, probably, like, in that range. But I'll probably still give it a like um, on the review. Like, I could see myself, like, you know, some Halloween years from now when I'm, or even like this year, honestly, you know, just if I'm feeling... God, you're going to watch this twice in a month. (laughs) If I'm feeling a little... Well, it's September still. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, you're going to watch it within, like, a month and a week. Honestly, I don't know. If I'm feeling down one day, I might just throw on the Haunted Mansion movie and I wouldn't feel bad about it. Um... Yeah, this was, it's a very important distinction to make that I, the times I laughed at it were not the times that I think I was supposed to laugh at it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, this exists in such a strange category where a lot of bad movies I watch, I'm like, oh, I wish I hadn't put in the time for that. You know, I wish I hadn't watched it. I wish I hadn't spent $3 on it. Um, but no, honestly, I, I have... I understand that this is a horrible movie, but I have no ill will towards it. And in fact, might just watch it again sometime in the near future. There you go. All right. Yeah. I don't have any ill will towards it either, but it is a, it is a stupid movie. <laughs> honestly, it's just, it's honestly for me, it's just a fine family film that can play on Disney Channel for eight-year-olds for the rest of time in the month of October. Like, there's nothing offensive in it. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are some offensive things in it that I want to get into, actually. Okay. Um... But there's some weird things about this movie that I cannot wait to talk about, but um, that it just completely just sidesteps. And it's just like, no, we're not going to talk about that. Um, But I mean, it makes sense for a kid's movie, but it's still the situation is so specific that I can't. Yeah, it's 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 such a specific situation that they completely dance around. I'm so excited to talk about it. But uh, yeah, no, the movie in general. I'm sorry, Eddie Murphy, that this is the first movie that we're talking about that you're in. (laughs) Um, I'm not. It's just how the cookie crumbles, man. I'm sorry. Go Eddie Murphy. Um, yeah, no, this it's a it's a fine family movie. Um, but it it is perplexing in many ways. So uh, I guess Brendan, just real quick, first thoughts. Maybe the first time you saw it. Yeah. So um, the first time I saw this movie was probably back in like 2003. I I remember I was over a wee um, lad. I was a wee lad and I was in um, like a friend's, I think I talked about this on the podcast before, but I I was in like a friend's basement where like all of the adults were upstairs like drinking and stuff and the kids were in the basement watching the Haunted Mansion. Um, And I remember that it was very spooky for four-year-old Brendan. Um, While everyone was upstairs getting hammered. Everyone else was getting upstairs getting hammered. Four-year-old Brendan... was watching the haunted it's mansion. a very relatable like childhood thing like not yeah. with specifically the haunted mansion but just like oh all the cousins are the kids are in the basement you watch like a crappy movie yeah exactly <laughs> that, that then gets stuck in your memory in some way yeah yep. <laughs> but i've i've watched this movie many times just because like I, I like the ride and i like i've never bore ill will towards it either um and uh the first time i watched it i thought that it was i was four so you know i was like this is fantastic. This is like the pinnacle of cinema. 
Um, and now that before I you knew it, the word cinema, before yeah. I knew the word cinema, uh, and now I watch it and I think exactly the same thing. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, the no. height of this is the height of cinema. One thing I will give you is that after the Tree of Life, the Shape of Water, and Boyhood, it is nice to talk about the Haunted Mansion. Honestly, it's it a breath. This should be a brief, crisp, fun podcast. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, no, yeah. So I guess let's get into the basics. Um. It, it once again, it feels kind of silly to go through this plot point by plot point. Um. Let's just talk about the basics. You know. Um. <laughs> what were you guys' thoughts on? Eddie Murphy as the lead of this movie. I quite enjoyed him um, yeah. overall, despite everything in the movie, but initial thoughts on Eddie Murphy. I think he was a perfectly fine, you know, protagonist. It, it was very obvious that we were going to go from like, oh, like bad husband working man is going to eventually turn himself into like good husband who like learns to appreciate his family um it's a disney movie of course we were going to but i think that he like you know i it's it's not really like a super heavy undertaking in any means this is no like uh oscar winning role um for any of these characters really uh but even even compared to the role of like johnny depp and pirates that came out the same year well i mean yeah and uh, like jack sparrow that's that's a whole other podcast and i could talk yeah. about the jack sparrow performance for ages um but like you know, Eddie Murphy uh, in this movie, I thought he did a fine job. I thought he did a did a pretty good job. Uh, Marsha uh, Thomason, not not as good, but Eddie oh, Murphy. We'll talk about her. See, he did good. I was I was disappointed by Eddie Murphy's performance. I had I had seen him, which is a weird thing to say for Haunted Mansion. Like I came in like with high high expectations. God damn it, Eddie! You did not <laughs> get an Oscar for this movie. You disappointed. Because I love Daddy Daycare, and he's in that movie, right? Um, I haven't I, seen it. I okay, I, I believe he is. Um, I, I really enjoyed that movie. Like, if anyone's seen it, I know we make this joke a lot in the podcast, but legitimately, when he goes into the bathroom, is, is a very funny scene, <laughs> um, if you've seen the movie. So I was expecting something like, okay, maybe the movie will be bad, but I can, like, laugh a lot at, like, Eddie Murphy's performance and it'll be funny. But the man did not make me laugh too often. I was kind of kind of disappointed. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I thought it was, you know, about... I mean, he certainly outshone the other uh, performances <laughs> in the movie and the script and and all of that. So, yeah, I can't really hold it against him. Yeah, the the only other, like, super positive... I Like, he he's fine. I wouldn't even say he's great. Like, he's, he's fine. He's serviceable. He's Eddie Murphy in a kid's movie. Um, but the performance that I love, just because it's over the top and so stupid, I love Terrence Stamp in this movie. Yes. I don't know about you guys, but he was just so much fun at he, all he times. He is good, yeah. General Zod forever. And and Wallace Shawn. I love oh, Wallace Shawn at all absolutely. times. Wallace Shawn and De- Jennifer Tilly Wallace were both Shawn a lot of fun as the... Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, Wallace Shawn, come on fun. the show, please. Wallace Shawn, come on the show. Inconceivable. Um, <laughs> a cool thing about Wallace Shawn's character is that um, he's named Ezra, um, and Ezra is actually one of the names of the hitchhiking ghosts in the Haunted Mansion. He is the, um, the skeletal one, which is funny because we see, um, we see the hitchhiking ghosts later, uh, in, in like the graveyard scene. Um, and, and yeah. Ezra is there. Um, but another interesting fact about Ezra is that, uh, the Ezra mold is the same mold that is used for the Hatbox ghost. So you could argue like, oh, well, like Ezra is like... Uh, Wallace Shawn's character, and that's just the Hatbox Ghost, but he looks different. Um, the Hatbox Ghost should should have been in this movie, and was originally going to be the focal point of Guillermo del Toro's uh, Haunted Mansion movie, but I don't with think that's Ryan gonna gonna be the Reynolds, case. With Ryan Reynolds, right? Yeah, with Ryan Reynolds. 
I heard about it. would have been a very different movie. That would have been really cool if that had gotten made. I guess then he just made Crimson Peak, which is, like, also a haunted house movie. Yeah, it's basically this movie. Um, Yeah, they're the same. But, yeah, uh, I don't know. There's nothing really specific I want to say other than Eddie Murphy was fine, um, and Wallace Shawn and Jennifer Tilly were fun, and Terrence Stamp was awesome. But the rest of the performances, the kids were fine. um, But I have to say, the the wife, uh, was it Marsha Thomason? Yeah. Um, Not good. She was not good. I hate to say it, but she was... I was not impressed by her. She didn't win the Oscar? You don't think? Nope. Shouldn't have. It, it didn't quite stand out because, like, everything was kind of me- mediocre in this movie. Um, but it was it was certainly not bad. I remember there was, like, one scene with her and, like, whoever that, like, what are the master of the house or whatever. Master um, of the Inn? And it, it was just, like, soap opera level acting. It, oh, it yeah. was It was real. I, like, you could just, like see her just like it just like it was one of those moments where you're like oh yep this she is an actress and she is reading a script and this is a part and they'll get paid for it and moved on after this <laughs> there was there was one scene Paycheck. where um she she goes up to ramsley after she finds out what the master wants what gracie wants and she goes ramsley you have to help me and i was like yes. oh my god <laughs> that's that's it i was like oh boy okay this is this is how it's gonna go but um so, is there anything else with the performances that you guys want to bring up, or are we good to, to move on? I thought yeah. that um, that Nathaniel Parker as Master Gracie was was actually pretty good, um, just in terms of like his uh, he he was somehow like uh, what I what did I say while I was watching it? Uh, he was somehow both the Phantom and Raoul at the same time. Uh, which yeah, I, I, I can thought, see that. I thought was really interesting. Um, and and Logan and I were, were talking about this. Um, I wonder if there was any basis in the uh, so the Phantom Manor storyline, which is the Disneyland uh, Paris version of the Haunted Mansion, is based on the Phantom of the Opera. So I wonder if they were like looking at elements for that when they, when they were bringing that in. Also, well, I, I definitely Grace- got. I definitely got some uh, Phantom of the Opera vibes in this opening kind of sequence, like With even the before Eddie Murphy. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, it's the master. Yeah, I was kind of waiting to bring up everything about around this section, which so is also just like we might as well go into a it. terrible intro because some plot stuff is happening. Like the dude hangs himself, but that then also meanwhile I'm, I'm supposed to be paying attention to the director of photography, the costume like, designer, yeah, or the fact that he was so, killing wow. himself, yeah. And yeah. also that uh, that she she was poisoned. I, that's where we like find that out. Um, yeah. Well, we watch her die, and they're just like showing credits. So it's not the best of true. Well, what I was going to say before, though, um, is that uh, Master Gracie is um, also comes from the name uh, written on one of the headstones outside of the Haunted Mansion uh, for Yale Gracie, who was the Imagineer that worked on um, that w- one of the Imagineers that worked on the ride. And so a lot of people cool. uh, when when like they were coming up with a story for the Haunted Mansion, because in the Florida and California mansions, which is what this is mostly based off of, um, there isn't like a really set story until like years later, the Constance Hatchway thing developed. But a lot of people saw that thing that said master Gracie and they assumed, Oh, like master Gracie, that must be who the ghost host is. Um, but then Disney was like, no, it's not him. But then in the movie, they the said, who made yes, it. it is him. So yeah, We're, we are going to do a whole episode on uh twist among mysteries about the haunted mansion. Oh, rides. are we doing that? I think. Are Great. we not? Yeah, no, sure, let's do it. Said, yeah. I, I want to. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, then, damn um, the torpedoes. Let's talk about the movie instead. Yeah, so let's, uh, there's a few things that I want to talk about. First of all, 
is the script, and I'm not gonna do the callback to our Death Note podcast. Oh god, but I feel jerk. like I could with this movie. <laughs> um, it was. I'm about to blow your mind with who wrote this. The same person who wrote this, um, David Brennabaum, Brennenbaum, wrote Elf. What? Well, Elf Which is uh, not good, really? and I will stand by that statement. Oh so this makes my sense. god, get off the podcast. <laughs> I should have picked that instead of Boyhood. Mm. Oh my god, you I cannot have. believe you just said that. would have been a more enjoyable podcast. Oh my god, that was, ugh, that's, that's a low blow. But that that um, is surprising. You said that is surprising. Um, but, oh my god, I cannot believe you just threw shade at Elf. Well, it's one wow. of the greatest Christmas movies ever. This This director also co-directed Lion King, correct? Yes, yes, he like, did. That's big. Jeez. That's really big. Yeah. Which one? The first the, one. The real okay. one. Okay. Wow. The oh my god. One. Impressive. No, John Favreau. There's a connection too. John Favreau directed Elf and The Lion King. There you go. Yeah. The remake. Um. Okay. But yeah, this this okay. So this script and it starts here at the beginning and there's. I don't know what the fuck this movie is because. It opens with this masquerade. Mm-hmm. And on the on the Wikipedia plot summary, which we've kind of gone away from reading because they're just long, and the whole point of the podcast is that we talk about the plot, um, it says like around a century ago, and apparently this takes place in a Louisiana in Louisiana. <laughs> yes, Florida um, mansion. But and Master Gracie okay. is fully British, and so I was going to say. First of all, <laughs> least offensive is that Master Gracie is just full on British, and so is Terrence Stamp, but. That's fine. You know what? If you want someone to be a master of a house the way Master Gracie is, a keeper of the inn, um, you, you can just have you just have to have him as as a Brit. I get it, but it doesn't make sense. But I get it. Yeah. The underpinning of race in this movie mm-hmm. is so fucking bizarre because they don't address it. Other than just the fact that they were like, oh, they couldn't be together. It is, like, it says, like, a century ago, but this is, I feel like this is implied that this is, like, 1830s by the, the like, outfits and shit. Um, so the way I take it is that he fell in love with a slave because this takes place in Louisiana. Am I wrong for that assumption? Well, okay, so the way that I, the way that I, um, or actually something that I read about this was that it's supposed to be based mostly on the Disneyland Paris one. Um, really? Which I think is, like, modeled more after a plantation. So that would sort of make sense. But, like, uh, yeah, this sort of, like, ending sequence, uh, w- like, skipping Not even ahead. the end. I'm just talking about the beginning. Oh, interesting. Like, the setup. Yeah. I'm, well, I mean, the whole the whole setup, sure. But, like, yeah. by the end is really when I feel like we realize, like, oh, that's why Terrence Stamp doesn't want it to happen. Like yeah. we sort of then it sort of clicks and like I figured it out by the end, but like, jeez, oh. like oh he was just racist. Yeah, like oh yeah, he was it, just racist. Like was there was racist. no reason. But like, if you don't address that in the script, then it's gonna be like, well, why doesn't he like her? Like he it's just... such an odd thing for a movie for five year olds to have as like the underpinning theme that is never discussed in the movie. And again, it's not by accident because like you're casting Eddie Murphy. And you're casting an all-black family to be the leads of your movie where the main people going against them are white racists, and you don't address it in any way. You said in Louisiana, you, you have it take place, like, the have the whole, like, through line of the storyline be about, presumably, a slave master falling in love with one of his slaves and, like, not being able to, like, take it or whatever, like, whatever, and having the one butler, like, kill, kill, her, kill her because... 
oh, the master can't do that. Like, oh my god, it's so weird that this is the plot underneath. And again, yeah. it's just a fun family movie when you're actually watching it, and then you sit there and think about it, like, oh my Racism. god, what the fuck? Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And again, it's, I don't think it was, like, necessarily effective in, like, communicating these kind of themes to children because coming back and watching it i was like wait what i do not remember this at all yeah i mean like there's no reason that they had to take this take this road because they clearly didn't want to address it in the script uh and so there's like there's absolutely no like no one was forcing them to make it about race um it could have like maybe the conflict was just like oh she's from like a lower class or something and the dude is elitist maybe it's just a class thing you know, but, like, they, they very heavily go towards it, and at the same time, they don't try to address it at all. It's very confusing. I agree. It's so weird. That is weird. I did not I did not pick up on that, because uh, I wasn't paying too much attention, but that, yeah, that, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, I yeah, wonder, just, well, I, I was just gonna say, I wonder if it's because, like, it's, what, this was made in, like, I don't know, 2003? It came out in 2003, yeah. It came out in 2003, so it was probably made, like, 2003, 2002. Um, 2002, probably, yeah. And, I mean, like, it's it's supposed to, be, like, it's... I don't know. Disney... Like, Disney has never been great at, like, taking a firm stance towards, like, social justice in any, in any of its forms, if I'm honest. Um, mm-hmm. And especially not back... They're in, always like, late to the party. Yeah, and especially, like, not back in the early 2000s. So, like, maybe there were, like, I I have no idea, but, like, maybe there was a version of this script that, like, really leaned into it and, like, Disney as a company was kind of like, no, we can't address racism. But, like, I don't know if that's true, but if that were true, I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be very surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Because it it feels so odd that literally Terrence Stamp is like, no, you can't do this because she's black. Like, like it's like it's a plot like yeah they yeah (laughs) like it's so weird and then again it has to be intentional because you're cast like you're casting a black family as your lead which again was probably progressive at the time to have an all black family as your as your leads in a sixty million dollar budgeted film again it helps having a superstar like Eddie Murphy being the anchor of that but it again it 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 just feels so tone deaf now yeah. watching it as an adult just flip the script and have ramsley like be attracted to master gracie and that's why he wanted sure make, but like don't make him an old guy i've talked about this before if we're yeah, gonna have true. gay romance it doesn't have to be between a young guy and an old guy gay people can be the same age hollywood believe it or not <laughs> what what i would like I, that's a I would thing like to see that. That would, that well, would, we've even got that new Saoirse Ronan and Kate Winslet movie coming up to prove Ben Brendan's point even further. Yeah, what is that? I feel like Saoirse Ronan is actually much older than she looks, though. Isn't she, like, early 30s? Who? Yeah, probably. Kate Winslet's, like, okay. late 50s. Is she, What? Yeah. Kate Winslet is almost 60? Okay. No, not, okay, maybe mid-50s. Someone okay, I was like, damn, she Winslet. is aging like a goddess if Age. she is mid fit mid There's to late no 50s. There's no way. Kate Winslet is 44. She's I was oh, gonna say no, there is no, no way. <laughs> well, that's not that much of an age. Thing. No, that I mean that's still an age gap, but like that's not. Cesar Ronan is twenty six, so she's twenty six. Okay. But okay. it all depends on the movie and how they play it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the, at that point, when you're mid twenties, you can date whoever you want. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, it's it, that's kind of beyond the point. But yeah, no, I think. Again, this is just one of the perplexing things that I just, I don't understand about this movie. And again, it's so weird because the whole movie is just a fun family movie. And then it's just like, 
racism. Just... Racism that we will never address. And, and again, it's so obvious that they are in the antebellum South. South, like, oh yeah, it's an you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it is like fully playing into all of it, except without saying it. And it was just, it just felt so bizarre. But we can move on from that and just talk about the movie uh, as a whole. But I feel I, I had to bring that up. Yeah, that's fair. It's a very weird um, aspect of this movie. Very strange. But, uh, so yeah, okay, I want to say that the beginning of this movie, before we get to the mansion, is actually fun. I think this is probably Eddie Murphy's best stuff when he's, like, selling the house and he takes a fake phone call from his wife. I found it enjoyable. It seems like Matt has a problem. No, I, the part that I remember most from this movie is when Eddie Murphy comes home late to his house and he basically says that Teddy shit himself in the back seat and that's why he's late. <laughs> That was yeah, funny. That was funny. That was good. No, I liked, yeah. I, I liked the scenes in the the house when he was on the phone with his wife and at the bar. I thought both of those were fun scenes. Yeah, they were yeah. Good. fun. <laughs> sure. Yeah, fun for a kids movie. I was surprised yes. they mentioned alcohol. Um, yeah. Edgy. Yeah. Yeah, it was edgy. You know, I wouldn't have understood it when I was six, but I, I liked the the when he just yells at them to sign the papers. That was probably one of the only times that I chuckled in the movie. Um, I I find it really entertaining. That the the whole premise is that he is like he's a realtor, and it seems like this is something that they figured out in the f- very first meeting for this movie, and They're just like, never he's gonna be a real estate agent. Okay, haunted mansion. Okay, it's a haunted yeah. mansion. Hmm. Oh boy, here we go. What would be a they profession of someone who goes into houses? How about a realtor? He can just that's just a placeholder. Doesn't have to stay. It's just but you know like realtors go into houses. Oh, why does he take his whole family? Uh. Uh, maybe uh, they're going on a trip. I don't know. Look, they this doesn't have they to be do perfect. it together. They're both realtors. <laughs> that's, they're that's they're all realtors. Make the kids the, realtors. The whole too. family is realtors. Whoops, <laughs> yeah. all it's realtors. Just, it's just like very basic. Like, okay, it's a movie about a house. What are you gonna expect? <laughs> yeah, Re- they're yeah. they're real yeah, estate. Realtors. They could have they could have made him a plumber and just had it be like Mario. Mario and the Oh my Mansion. god, that would have been amazing. That would have like been awesome. an incredible movie. Yeah. Can we make Are we getting movie? a Super Mario Brothers animated movie? Oh, we're getting a Isn't super, that happening? We're getting a Super Mario Brothers theme park in Universal. Wow. Right. Interesting. It's very cool. Very but cool. yeah, no, uh, Nintendo Just movies do don't go well. Podcast. No, they do no, not. They don't. Not a good idea. Nor TV shows. <laughs> Nor <laughs> oh, anything God, non-video game. Yeah. Me, princess. But yes. Um, I but no, yeah, so... So this this opening I think is fun, but it, it once we get to the actual mansion, that's what you came for, and you get the normal hijinks that you would expect here. I came for it. Uh, like the the creepy butler coming out and, and emerging um, out of the shadows. Uh, I think the production design's fun here. It's fine. It's just uh, based off of the ride. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's, it's good. It's um, cool because um, some of those props, like specifically the chairs, are. Um, now in both uh, several of the Haunted Mansions, but also some of the Pirates of the Caribbean rides. Oh, interesting. That's a weird crossover. Yeah, I I mean, they're connected, but we'll talk about that on a different podcast. Watching the movie, there there were a lot of instances where they would, like, kind of focus in on one... You know, with with the the people with the singing heads, I was like, oh, I yeah. guess this is probably in the ride. I guess yes. this is why we're focusing on this. Yeah, they're all. Also, my my favorite part about that is like, they talk to the talking heads and they're like, I gotta find the mausoleum. In the ride, they are next to the mausoleum, <laughs> like directly <laughs> beside it. 
so That's I just probably why that was the next scene. scene. This is oh, like yeah. in the queue, right? No, no, no. It's it's at the like when Grim Grin and Ghost is playing, and you're going through like the party in the graveyard. Um, when you actually see them singing, that's when you go through and you go to like the mirrors with the different hitchhiking ghosts. When gotcha, they sit in yes. cart. Yeah. But you yeah, no, I thought you. this, I thought this scene with, with the barbershop bust was like, this is probably my favorite scene in the whole thing. Same. I, I thought great. it was genuinely really funny. The barbershop bust? Oh, the, the barbershop quartet yeah. singing. Yeah. 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 Talking heads. It, that was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. definitely. And I like, and, like these little again, moments, yeah. these little moments, um, of going through the stuff from the ride. It's fun because like, I, I don't know. I've been on, I was on the ride like last summer, I think when I went to Disney. Yeah. Um, so I, I remember it decently well. I'm like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. That's fun. That and seeing Eddie Murphy go, Whoa, a lot is always fun. Um, but a lot of it is uh, just also, like very like cheese to the max. Like if you told someone like make a haunted mansion, it would be like, okay, creepy Butler is going to come out. All right. Someone's going to play a dissonant organ at some point. All right. There's like, there's going to be zombies. Okay. There's going to be an attic, you know, it's going to be old-timey. And I don't know how much of that is just like... There's going to be Wallace Shawn. <laughs> yeah, Wallace Shawn will definitely be there. Yeah. Um, But I think, like, I'm sort of willing to forgive it for that, because if it's based off of the rides, the ride that's totally what the rides were going for. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. And and I also don't know how much of that, you know, all of those, like, genre stereotypes are, are due, to the, due to the rides. Uh, I think maybe a fair bit, you know, kind of their existence and ubiquity sort of shaped like what people think of when they think of um like just the haunted mansions in general um maybe i mean i would give like dracula and frankenstein credit probably mm. more but I yeah see what you're saying. Um, yeah it's just it's so just cheese to the max all the time and sometimes that's really fun but also then other times you're like can you have can you give me a little bit of nuance please any sir nuance. may i have any scrap of nuance or subtlety from your arsenal. One like, tasty morsel. A tasty morsel of some Please, subtlety. My lord. Yeah, just, <laughs> it's just, it's so in your face the entire time. But no, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And one of, one of my favorite moments in the, uh, in the cheesiness of that whole middle section of like just going through the Haunted Mansion, I did like when Eddie Murphy was playing with the head and the door kept opening and closing. I don't know why. I'm, I'm just kind of grasping at straws for moments that I just was like, that was memorable, but um, but Brendan, I mean, this is this is your pick. What are what are some of these some of the stuff in the movie itself that you really enjoy? Um, I mean, I really like all the stuff with Madame Leota. I think that she's probably my favorite character in the whole thing. Um, that also might just be a Jennifer Tilly. Uh, yeah, well, the, of me like really enjoying uh, her stuff in the ride. But I, I think uh, you know. A lot of what uh, what I enjoyed was just like being able to point to things and be like, oh yeah, that's in the ride. Um, I didn't like, I didn't give a shit really about the main storyline. Like I didn't feel any urgency from that. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. But like, oh, look, more ghosts. That's kind of cool. Um, it was, for me, it was more about like every time they saw like more of the manor and like the different parts of, of, of the haunted mansion. Uh, that was what was fun for me. Not so much like you know, oh, Master Gracie is trying to cuck Eddie Murphy, whatever. Um, And then kind of does, but kind of doesn't. Kind of does, like in front of him. Yeah. 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 Okay, can we talk about everything with Master Gracie and Elizabeth and the wife? And just, can we just discuss that storyline? That whole ending sequence is so uncomfortable. Oh my God. We'll get there. (laughs) I I don't think I've breathed once. The sequence with like the ghost ball and then them actually kissing is like, I don't think I breathed during that. It's so uncomfortable. 
Yeah, it's mm-hmm. very weird. Yeah, we'll get there, but I want to yeah. talk about the setup. Because the setup, I actually think, of all the things in the movie, like, dramatically, I think, I mean, this is obviously the richest storyline in terms of, like, plot. Um, be like, okay, Master Gracie, he's, he, again, we said Nathaniel Parker, pretty good actor, he's pretty good here. Um, pretty engaging, his British accent makes no sense, as we said before. Fair. But everything, like, with him, like, taking her around the mansion, I bought into it. I thought he was a perfectly fine, like, I don't know, villain or whatever you want to call him for, for this movie. Um, he was charming in many ways. And again, like with the whole plot, it was very obvious what it was going to be. Like, oh, he's trying to get Elizabeth back, um, trying to get a vessel for Elizabeth. But no, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I think it was fine. It, it is weird to have this be like a kid's movie plot, but I feel like looking back on a lot of Disney Channel movies from our childhood, we would probably think like, this is a weird thing to be showing kids. But, That's you know. Fair. Mm-hmm. What were your guys' thoughts on the uh, the body replacement uh, storyline? So weird. Just yeah. so freaking bizarre. It's just like, oh, they, like, and that was the thing, though, is, like, they never, they also never said, like, oh, they were related or anything. It was just like, no, she just looks like her. She just, just looks really like her. looks That's like it. her. That's it. They just look very similar. And that, that was, like, the entire reason for this happening. Like, just the chance that that fucking random white kid in the beginning dropped all of those flyers with a yeah. picture of her on who it. is he nobody he's just this he's he just nobody. this little white boy that works for evers and evers apparently and just oh he yeah oh, no, he goes I at the beginning him. he drops a bunch of like postcards oh. from them or like business cards or something and then master gracie sees her face on it and then is like oh i'd like to get her over here because she looks like my dad uh partner girlfriend who i'm also dead who i am also and i am also dead but yeah but then she's there as the ball the whole time yeah it's strange because of the curse i don't know madame leota was like she was basically just there to like point them toward the next MacGuffin, right like every 10 minutes she would be like now go get this in any iteration of the haunted mansion that is what Madame Leota is there for. It's just to be like, yeah, in like in the video games, in the comic series that came out, the Marvel comic series of the Haunted Mansion, uh, and I'm sure in whatever this next movie is, what? it'll just be Madame Leota being like, yeah, now go get this thing, whatever, I don't know. Gotta review that opening weekend. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Interesting. Um, but no, yeah, uh, it, do- it doesn't make much sense. And again, okay, so the thing with... Was she not, again, why were all of these ghosts there and she was just a ball? <laughs> I don't like, know. Does, does that get, ex- like, it's like, oh, Taryn Stamp's, like, killing of her is the reason of it's that? It's the curse. Someone it trapped also her in felt there. weird because she was the only black, like, the only black character in that section. And she's the only person who's not a ghost. And well, it just, it feels, it just feels weird. Also, so much of this movie, when you think about it, feels weird. Why did they have these really, like... You know, something that I will say this movie does better than uh, Tree of Life is that we get a solid vision of heaven and hell. Uh, They literally physically show us, like, that is heaven. Eddie Murphy, or, I'm sorry, that's hell. Eddie Murphy almost falls into hell uh, and is almost dragged down. You watch Ramsley fly through the pits of hell. Um, and then heaven, it just open the clouds open up inside the mansion. And that's is everyone. That good? Is that not to bring it back to tree of life too much, but is that what you want? You want that them to say, this is exactly what this is exactly what it is. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying like, it's, it's definitely not up to interpretation that way. 
It's yeah. a very PG version of it, yeah, though. Yeah, it's a very... I don't know. Sure. It's fun. Yeah, also, it's exactly what you'd expect. Uh, why didn't uh, Master Gracie go to hell? He committed suicide. Interesting point. Just hmm. kidding. Speaking of heaven... Christianity is a joke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know this is jumping uh, ahead to the end, but speaking of heaven... I like I zoned out for most of the movie. That's right. And then I I pop back in for the end when they were driving on whatever the hell that road was. Oh, it's the Lake Poncher Train Causeway. And I was like, oh, did they die? Like, are they are they going into heaven? That because it was like this this road to nowhere over yeah, an ocean with like glorious but sunlight. But they showed I was like, us I... heaven. It's true. Yeah, they I don't remember us heaven, seeing it. So it's not. So it's heaven on earth. Um. Sure heaven on earth so i think the last like big thing to talk about is this last scene with sorry the you ghost. don't want to talk about the minute and a half bmw ad that pops up in the That's middle of the movie a very Excuse good point i did like that and i also liked him it's... flying out of a window and like breaking like shattering his spine on that BMW. oh yeah like just be like he would have died rolls off he's yeah. fine now no following yeah. that it's actually a cool visual with him trying to smash in the window and it keeps yeah feeling. yeah that's a decent CGI that was cool. for 2003. Yeah. That was cool. I will give it. I remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Um, but no, yeah, let's talk about this last scene. So the whole movie, Gracie just wants his wife, Eddie Murphy's wife, Marsha Thompson, Thomason. And eventually by the end, it's just like, oh, Ramsley's going to kill her again because, you know, racism and Yay. kill her twice. Racism. And <laughs> she just, okay. She just fucking dies, right? Like, like the mom just fucking dies. Yes. And this makes no sense. The orb we find out is Elizabeth, obviously. Of course it was going to be Elizabeth. The orb oh, goes yeah. into her. The orb goes into her, and she's like, oh, I'm alive. Which doesn't make any sense, because the body died, but the soul, the, like, just the logic of it doesn't make yeah. any sense. Just because a new soul goes into the body doesn't mean the body's not still dead and the poison's not in there. Whatever. Mm. Wakes up, just starts making out with Gracie. And I get it. the line that Eddie Murphy has is like, that's not really a mom. And and the, the kids are like, oh, that's weird. Meanwhile, they're not thinking of the fact like, we just watched our mom die and then a ghost go into her. And now we're watching some other, like, <laughs> you're, like you're ignoring the fact that that's not mom. She's fucking dead. And then Elizabeth just fucking yeets out the body to, to be like, hey, come on, Gracie, let's go to heaven. And then the and then the mom is just magically alive again, like no explanation. She's just alive again. And there's the just... ghost took the poison, obviously. Maybe okay, yeah. sure. And no then, and then again, explanation needed. Again, it's so weird because to think about the fact that they're going back to their normal lives after this, be like, hey, remember when mom <laughs> died at that weird mansion and someone came into her body? Well, they took Madame Leota with them, like, and the singing, uh, the singing busts. So yeah, how normal is I know. Life? But it's still, it's still weird. But they also, so they now own this house. Remember when mom died? Right, they own the house now. Yeah, Yeah, you're right. They do own the house. So are they going to sell it? I'm assuming. I'm assuming they're not going to live there, but it's still. The way I took it, I thought they were trying to set up a series and be like, oh, we're going to live in this house and have more wacky adventures. But the movie only made like double its budget, which Mm, wasn't enough to get a, a sequel. Yeah. But. So how did it have a $90 million budget? I don't think it was ninety. I thought it was sixty. Oh and it no, made it's like ninety. I'm looking at it's it. It's right ninety. Now. It's ninety that's million, so and it made one hundred and eighty-two point three million. Yeah, and that's not enough to get a sequel. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a lot of budget. Yeah, that is. Really, yeah, really I mean, it makes sense. Like, how much was Curse of the Black Pearl? 
if you have that up, Brendan, if you I could just look that up real quick. Don't. Because like, but honestly, they're in the definitely meantime, this... I don't think this movie looks that bad most no, of the time. It's, it's like 2003, but honestly, it doesn't look like 90 million dollars though for 2003, which was uh, like today's money is probably like 150 million dollar budget. Uh, so, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl had a uh, $140 million budget and yeah. made uh, $654.3 wow. million. Naturally. Yeah, yeah but th- there does not seem like there's only a $50 million difference in budget between these two movies. I mean, say what you will about Gore Verbinski as a director, but I feel like he used his money very well in The Curse of the Black Pearl. Yeah, sure. Great movie. I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I haven't cool. seen it for probably like five to ten years, but That's I remember mistake. liking you it a watch lot. It again? I should. Um, I'm sure it's on Disney Plus, Matt. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Is there, any, is there anything else from the Brendan? Floor is yours. Your pick. Is there anything else from the Haunted Mansion movie that you want to talk about? Uh, yeah, just real quick. I'll rattle. I have this list of like references to the ride that I thought were cool. So I'll, I'll just rattle these off. Let's really do it. Quick. There's like a couple um, lines that I just want to talk about that I really liked, or just mini parts. So you go sure, ahead with oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Rapid fire. Well, we can definitely do that after this. Um, so there was the singing bus in the graveyard, the breathing door with the same doorknob, uh, Madame Leota and all of her instruments. Uh, the <laughs> bus that follow Jim were, are the same ones that the ghost writers in the library have. The ghostly carriage is based on the prop that's outside. The old man and the dog in the cemetery, although they're ghosts in the movie. Uh, Master Gracie hanging at the beginning. Uh, also the line where he says, of course, it's always there's always my way, which is a reference to that scene. Uh, the ghostly ballroom dancer is the raven, which was originally supposed to be the ghost host in the ride. The hitchhiking ghost, the morphing pictures in the hallway, um, the floating candelabra, the bride's dress in the attic as a reference to Constance, uh, the screeching cat sound effect in the graveyard, the skeleton's hands that start to open the coffin, which is a reference to the let me out guy uh, in the ride, uh, the knights in the hallway that start attacking Jim. There actually used to be a knight that would walk around and it was a person in a costume, but they don't do that anymore. Uh, the door knockers that are rapping in the uh, bedroom hallway. That's a reference that's one to... Of my, that's one of my um, <laughs> best lines in the movie where they walk up to the door and they go, look at the look size at of these knockers. Yeah. Yes, I That's I just a that. joke ripped from Young Frankenstein, though. That's literally, yeah. like, I, I, yeah. I was listening to that. Yeah. I was like, they ripped that from Young Frankenstein. <laughs> Um, but, uh, the, the other things there is the pipe organ in the ballroom, um, which is played by, uh, I think Ezra at some point, uh, the clock striking 13, uh, and then some of the lines in the movie, uh, which are used in the rides narration, like welcome foolish mortals, final arrangements have been made. Um, and there's always my way. Uh, and then also the post-credit scene with Leota is a reference to little Leota at the end of the ride where she's asking you to hurry back. I think oh, that's interesting. That's everything that I have here. Um, also, in this version of the mansion is where we get a reference to Jean Lafayette, which is uh, also a tie-in to Pirates of the Caribbean, which we oh. can talk about on different podcasts. Talk about on the TMM pod. Yeah. yeah. So, Logan, what are these lines that you really like that you want to bring up or little moments? Yeah, I think uh, my favorite all-time joke in the movie is when they are in the carriage and they've just left the house and they're like seeing all these ghosts and the kid says i see dead people <laughs> oh it's such a stupid line such a stupid ripoff of six cents four six years cents, earlier yeah. but like so funny that made me laugh so hard um so it made you laugh but not for the reasons that they really wanted you to laugh yeah i don't know I, it's hard to tell it's hard to tell. Because it wasn't, I mean, there I don't think line. they were supposed to be, like, that stupid. Be like, oh my god, that's so stupid. Yeah. Like, haha. 
But it, I think it was supposed to be like, haha, I get that reference. For whatever reason, it got me. Uh, there's the, the size of the knockers. Um, I think my favorite... Oh, <laughs> when Jim fights the medieval knight and like... He's just incredible at it. Yeah. Like, we get no preparation for that. It's just out of nowhere. Yeah. He's incredible at fighting with medieval weapons. And he just takes them all down. It makes no sense at all. And stabs through, like, knight armor with just a knife. It just goes, like, right through but it. it's also like, it's so, so Yeah, that's terrible armor. Yeah. Really. Um, Tin foil armor that a knife can just stab right through it. But I think I think my favorite line is, um, and it, it'll be a little bit of a callback to next uh, to last week. Um, at, at one point, uh, Madame Leota says, "The only failure is when you stop trying," uh, which is actually a, a much more emotionally affecting moment than "Let the moment seize you." <laughs> oh my God! Um, stop. This movie is better to... than Boyhood. <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I hate to say it. Oh my it's God. Not it's not funny. I would disagree with that statement. <laughs> it's not trying to be anymore. Uh, but yeah, no, that's pretty much... Yeah, that's pretty much all I got. I mean... I, I, I'll say this. Not I would give this a higher about. rating than The Haunted... Than The Tree of Life, but it's not me saying that it's a better movie. <laughs> but, yeah. So, um... I think I think we're all we're all about wrapped up here. Yeah. Unless there's anything else that you guys want to what talk about. What else can we say about it, really? I know. What else it's, is there to say? What 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 to say about this movie? Um. <laughs> so uh, yeah, final thoughts and ratings will end with Brendan this time because that's his pick. So uh, go ahead, Matt. Yeah, you know this is a pretty mindless movie. As I said, don't remember much. Probably won't watch it again ever. Um. You know it's. Didn't kill me, didn't really make me mad, but it certainly wasn't entertaining, and I think it tried to be, so it kind of failed on that front. You know, there are some movies that are like, oh, you know, it's it, it's not that well made, but it's made for kids, and it was entertaining in that respect. And I guess if I was a kid, I would find it entertaining, but there are a lot of kids' movies that are entertaining for kids and adults, and managed to succeed on both fronts. This one didn't quite do it for me. It's fine, you know, I'm going to give it, I guess, like a... Uh, I mean, it's bad. I'm not going to rewatch it. So for that reason, I'll give it like a D minus. Yeah, Matt, you looked so unenthused throughout throughout the entirety of this podcast. <laughs> there's just just, there's so... not much to say. <laughs> and I feel like part of your apathy towards, or like just your part of disdain towards it, giving it a D minus, like I had to pay $3 for this shit. Yes, it's also, I'm kind of bitter now knowing yeah. that it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, you're you seem a little upset. Okay, Logan. Yeah, I mean, this is a very, in some ways, very basic, in some ways, very, you know, just extraordinary film. Um, I mean, it, it it honestly, it feels like they just went through, like, a checklist of spooky things and then, like, just tried to shove them all into the script. And, there's, and also racism. And also a theme of racism, apparently. Let's not talk about that at all. Uh, yeah, it's so strange. Um what a what a puzzling film to have watched i'm i'm gonna be thinking about this one for a while um no truly i like i might rewatch it because the experience of watching it isn't isn't bad but like the movie isn't good either it's it's a very yeah i'm I'm in a tough place uh with this rating i think i'm gonna go uh like c minus um i think that feels about right i i just want to say in comparison to, like, Boyhood and some of these other, like, 
big Oscar films that are like just completely up their own ass and just fall, they just totally fall flat. I think this doesn't try to be that much more than it is. So I feel like I'm well, kind of okay I mean, with it. We did it. have that whole conversation about racism and all that stuff. Yeah, I don't know. It's this is a this is a very strange film. But something I try to think about is that you know a true movie fiasco is when something it tries to be something that's way more than than it actually accomplishes. Um, you know, its its reach exceeds its grasp. And this one, I think the reach and the grasp are about equal. Neither is really that great. They didn't try to do that much. They didn't do that much. They did a little less than they tried. So, yeah, I I think C minus is about right for me. I don't I don't hate this movie. Yeah, I didn't even honestly even right now I don't know what I'm gonna give this movie. It just feels like I don't know. Like Brendan, thank you so much for picking a light movie for no. us to review. Yes, uh, I, I, I very it. much appreciate it. Like, yeah, I I watched it. It was one of those movies that I didn't feel bad about watching it like on my phone, just like laying in bed, just chilling. Just, like, occasionally giggling and being like, all right, that was a family movie that I get to talk about now on the podcast. So thank you, Brendan, regardless of the the grade that I give it. Um, It's fucking terrible, these (laughs) kids. David Lynch would hate this movie. Thanks, David Lynch. Um, But, uh, no, the the production design is fun because it's based on the ride, obviously. Uh, Eddie Murphy's fine, serviceable. Terrence Stamp and Wallace Shawn are just so fun. Unfortunately, Marsha Thomason is not good. Um, but th- honestly, that's forgivable. It's a kid's movie. Um, the kids are fine. Uh, the CGI is surprisingly good for, for 2003. It, it is, I mean, as I've said so many times in this podcast, it's so weird, the themes of this movie that it tries to weave in. It just, it, I don't understand why this was the, the decision, but this movie is just, if you don't think about that, that stuff, it's so just breezy and forgettable we didn't even talk about it the fact that it was it's literally like you take out the credits it's an hour and 15 minutes of actual movie <laughs> yep it's so light it's how so dare breezy. you take out the credits i'm sorry um it's so light, i want to so know breezy. who the best boy is it's such <laughs> the gaffer it's such a quick ride and it, it's fine so i'm gonna go with yeah i think a c minus is fine it's it's not nowhere near an offensive movie it is just a kind of forgettable disney kids movie so c minus uh, yeah, like I said before, this is basically like a step up from a decom for me. Um, it's a, it's like a decom with a ninety million dollar budget, uh, and it's that, like that. That's the thing, though, is that like with a critical eye, you like if you go into this with a critical eye, you're gonna hate it, and you're gonna be like, "What is there for me to like?" look for oscar Beatty masturbatory bullshit because there's nothing it's it's not like that's the thing uh i was so excited when we had all of these other like oscar Beatty movies coming up and i was like i'm gonna do like a really dumb movie where it's just it's nothing it's like there's nothing and you just get to go in with like there's nothing exactly you get to go in with like a smooth brain and pay about as much attention to it as you would like i don't fucking know like just putting on like a youtube video while you like do something else that's about the level of attention that you need to have when you're like watching this movie you don't need to be like looking for oh the deeper except for that racism part but like even like it's it's weird that like that they did that and then didn't address that but like honestly it's not so egregious that i'm like well like where i'm like i'm missing something what am i looking for i was like oh no it's just disney in the early 2000s not wanting to commit wholeheartedly to any form of like activism okay 
Whatever. Uh, like, like I don't I even st- know if that counts as activism. That's just, like, a thing. Oh, it, it doesn't. But, like, it, you know, and even today, it still wouldn't. But, like, maybe at the time, it would... I don't know. Uh, I'm rambling at this point. Uh, but they're, like... Yeah, like I, I just it's it's a fun movie. Like like I said before, I don't I don't care about the story. I don't I don't really care about like uh you know the whole thing with Master Gracie try like and when I watch this movie I just watch it so I get to see the haunted mansion in a different way than just me watching YouTube videos of the haunted mansion ride. Um I love the ride. I, I really love the story. I've loved it for a really long time. Um yeah, I don't know. I'm 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 gonna continue to watch this movie just because it makes me happy in some small way, uh, without me really giving a shit about the story. So yeah, I, I think critical eye brain. I'm gonna give this like, God, I don't even know. Uh, let, let's let, let's say a D plus. That feels right for me. And then, but like smooth brain, Brendan is giving this an A plus. <laughs> I, I think so, we can all agree A plus for smooth brain. Yeah. April A yeah, A plus sure. smooth brain movie. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed the What a great phrase. Thank you. Yeah, so, um, next week, taking a big shift back to David Fincher. Oh, God. Um, we're, we're starting our second round of Fincher reviews. Wrinkly baby time. Um, wrinkly baby time. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. A movie that is, uh, in runtime, two hours and 45 minutes, so we're back to long boys. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna be doing The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, then The Social Network, then, um, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, then Gone Girl, and we, I think we can confirm this. We're because of Mank coming out in supposedly a month or so on Netflix. They still haven't announced an official release date. It just says October 2020. Um, apparently, it's coming out next month, and hopefully that works out. But the movie is about the writing of Citizen Kane, so I'm cool. gonna do the Herculean task of making us review Citizen Kane on this podcast, which is gonna be Lordy. insane to actually try to review that movie and, like, talk about the significance of it. I don't know why I'm putting that much pressure on myself to actually review Citizen Kane on this podcast, but we're doing it between uh, Gone Girl and Mank so that so so that people like Logan and Brendan who have not seen the movie um, understand the context of, of what I'm sure Mank will be commenting on with Citizen Kane. So, um, yeah, we're going to be going back to Fincher, throwing in the greatest movie of all time by most... Uh, critic standards and most lists that and vertigo I, well, vertigo i know is number one on the sight and sound list right now they haven't released their new list yet um but it's it's very widely considered as like you go into film school and you like it's the first movie you watch like like literally it is curriculum in my film school at pit like you have to show citizen kane like there is no way around it one um, of the greats it is one of the greats and we will be talking about it i have a poster in my room of it um so yeah, that, that's what's coming up on this pod. But someone want to tell me about the other podcasts on our network? What, what what else is on this feed? Yeah, so if you enjoyed this, you can also go ahead and listen to uh, the Cinema Talk Movie Journal, uh, which Matt and Ryan do every so often. Uh, it's our short-form movie review podcast. Uh, it'll feature the best of lists, uh, which go, go back and listen to the top 25 of the decade. Um, that was a, a two-parter, big undertaking by them, really fun to listen to. Um, alternating Fridays here on the on the feed, uh, we've got Back in Style, which is our uh, newcomer-friendly episodic review of Twin Peaks, uh, and we just finished um, season two, and we'll be coming out with a, uh, a review of The Secret Diary of Laura Palmer and also Firewalk with Me coming very soon. If you haven't seen the show before, start binging it. It's on Netflix and maybe listen to a couple of our episodes here and there. Uh, we also have Stop, Wait, What?, which is our improv comedy advice show. Um, 
we have a lot of... I think we just had a new episode of that on Friday. Um, no, that was uh, Back in Style. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, we're recording this a week ahead of time. No, you're right. You're definitely okay, right. Okay, cool. Uh, yep, I'm we just stupid. had an episode, but I don't know what that episode is about yet or who's on it because it hasn't been recorded at this point. But uh, go back and listen to the previous one two weeks ago because uh, we had our first ever uh, guest host. Um, and that was a, a very fun episode. Very entertaining. That's I've great. listened to it several times just because yeah. it's uh, it's very... I enjoy it 10 to 12 times. I enjoy it 10, 10 to 12, 12 times a day. Times a day. Yes, uh, that is a deep cut. That was Floyd talking about. <laughs> it's a very deep cut. Floyd talking about uh, the Man of Steel trailer. Um, yeah, it's a long time ago. <laughs> very, very long time ago. But anyway, uh, we also have some other uh, sort of uh, miscellaneous shows. They're not going to be every Wednesday anymore, but uh, we'll pump some out when we can. There's a Twisted Mug Mysteries, your one-stop shop for everything spooky and occult, where you can expect an episode on the Haunted Mansion coming very soon. Uh, there's also Octo Island, which is our uh, S- Star Wars extended universe Star there Wars podcast. There you go, podcast. you got there. I'm I'm so terrible at doing this when I don't have the list in front of me, but I'm just I'm doing it off the dome. Uh, and then awesome. we also have the I might play that. I might play that as our other podcast, and it's our new video game review podcast. And so we got a lot of stuff there. This has been the worst that anyone has ever done this because I'm not looking <laughs> yeah, at the I list. Agree. Uh, but also check out our YouTube channel because we've got some cool stuff there. I just did a video yes. on the Marvel's Avengers game. That yeah, just came tied into I might play that. If you, uh, yep. yeah, if, if you're interested in that, go check that out. It was a lot of fun to make. That was a really, really great video. So yeah, definitely go awesome. watch that. Thank you. And we're also on other social media platforms. Uh, Instagram and Twitter. We are at Twisted Mug Media on those platforms. Please hit us up there. You know, if you're a fan of the spooky, fan of the occult, or if you're a fan of movies or Twin Peaks. We literally have everything there. We post this feed has things. everything. Do you understand, listener? We you don't are, understand. We have everything. We're so we are much your better one-stop than shop. Every other media company, because we have everything. We've got everything. Yes, we we are the best network. Yeah. Um. Obviously. Yes. So uh, please follow us on there, and uh, you know, DM us or uh, whatnot. And if you'd like to email us, you can do so. Twistedmugmedia at gmail dot com. Uh, if you saw this movie as a kid, tell us. What do you think about it? What do you think about it now? Uh, we'd love to hear from you. If you rented it on Amazon for $3 to watch along, let us Commiserate know. with me, please. Yeah. I feel sad. Someone <laughs> be here with my sadness. Thank you. Indeed. So we will be back next Monday with the curious case of Benjamin Button and come back on uh, next Friday for our review, I believe, of the diary, Secret Diary of Laura Palmer. I believe that's the way the schedule's going to line up. So, uh, I believe so. Thanks for listening, guys. I am Ryan. I'm Brendan. I'm Matthew. I'm your spooky host, Logan. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Torture you. Uh... Sorry, there's why every time I start a goddamn podcast, there is some dude on a motorcycle like, yeah, look at my tiny dick. Woo! Uh, damn it, James. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> God damn it. Big head Fucking head. assholes. Anyway. <clears throat> anyway, put this at the end of the episode. Welcome, foolish penis.